0: We now continue with part two of the interview. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very a very important point to bring up. And uh, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more, um, give a quick little like spark notes version, because you were talking about the extraordinary banana pudding. So uh, for those that don't know, uh, in San Diego here locally, there was a, a black owned business that was being attacked, essentially, and being given these intentionally negative one-star reviews, and so that got out uh, on social media, and then people started flooding to support and trying to help out in whatever way they can, and, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, wherever you all are listening from, uh, there's probably been similar sort of instances, so I guess I wanted to ask you, um, how do you think social media has played a role in kind of helping with these social justice movements? Because like you said, you, you're a social justice warrior that's been around, that's been doing this for a long time. So have you noticed that social, uh, social media has uh, impacted this, uh, either in a positive or a negative way?
1: I would say both positive and negative. Um, but in the positive sense of getting the word out about, you know, this business is going through this, please support them. Um, I know I I use my social media for things like that when I went today I took pictures I posted about it I checked in I posted about it once I got home you know things like that and um, it it works because I get messages of you know oh is it good and you know things like that Um, or like what's happening and I have to kind of explain what's happening and so in that aspect I think it's good because it gets the word out fast and quickly. and that's also how you know I learn about the caravan. Um, that's, that's just kind of how word spreads. But that's it's also negative because again, that's how word spreads. So when people um, are upset about what a business owner has said or done, then they can take that social media and give them the one-star reviews and say all these things on Yelp or on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it may be. Um, and then that can spread as well. And then the other side, you know, can take that and, um, spread it and inform people who agree with them about this. And then those people will further go on to Yelp and give poor reviews and things like that. Um, that's. I don't like to get in into debates, especially on Facebook. I'm not gonna be to like typing all this stuff to people who aren't gonna change their mind anyway. But um I I I will be a little sassy and go on to some posts, like when I saw one I just posted, I can't wait to go there and buy five tubs of pudding. And someone responded, You do know that da 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 And so I just respond like, yeah, that's why I'm going. Like this, this is why I posted this. Um, Someone else made a homophobic comment in one of those telling the owner to put a banana somewhere. And I responded with something um, inappropriate and funny because, you know, um, I, I just, I'm not going to come at people in that sense, but I will kind of troll back a little bit. And, um, he never responded. So (laughs) he was probably like, that girl is a freak. (laughs) So, um, so yeah. So to get back to your question, I think both positive and negative, um, and, you know, and you can, you can also spread, Um, false information quite quickly on there. So when people say, you know, this business said or did this, they may be leaving out certain parts, or they don't know what happened before that, you know, things like that. Um, So yeah, both both ends, basically.
0: Yeah, I think that last part that you touched on kind of gets into something that's pretty important and that we talked about a few times on this uh series so far is that it's important to cite your sources to like check um you know what exactly you're sharing because it's it's very easy nowadays to just look at a headline and then click share without really reading the article or without really seeing who the author is or the the source where it's being published from so yeah it's very important to kind of do your due diligence before you start spreading stuff around because it's so easy to post one thing and then 10 people share that and then another 50 people share that from there and it just like, it multiplies so quickly. Um, I also wanted to ask you because you're the first person that has talked about uh, doing a a caravan protest. So I wanted to ask you more about that and what made you want to participate in, in that.
1: So... I forget the exact date it was beginning of June um so it was shortly after George Floyd um there was protests going on like all weekend I was up at my mom's house in Ramona because ironically just around the same time I had to get out of my house I had to get away um so I went to stay with her for a few days and you know all these protests are going on literally like blocks away from my apartment and I'm not even there. And even if I was there, I wouldn't be able to participate because I can't be in crowds of people with my health conditions. Um, and so when I heard about the caravan, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm freaking going to that because that's safe for me. I felt like I wasn't doing anything. Um, and I just, I wanted to do something about what was going on. And so when I was at my mom's, I said, hey, there's a caravan going on tomorrow. Um, you know, starts at this time, this place, you know. And she responds like, okay, well, um, yeah, I'll like see, you know, how how we feel tomorrow. And I was like, no, like I'm going tomorrow. So like if you want to go, like I'm letting you know. So you don't have to, but I'm going and so she went because, I mean, she got nothing better to do. So, <laughs> and she wanted to obviously, but, um, so that's, that's why, cause I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to show my solidarity and that was the way that I could do it without putting myself and other people really, um, at risk for, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, uh, a, um, so I, I was actually really stoked when I had heard about it. Um, and there's actually, there was one last weekend that I missed out on, uh, but there's another one coming up. So I'll be going to that one next weekend.
0: <laughs> when, when you were there, uh, do you think it had the same sort of feel as a more traditional quote unquote protest?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, you're basically in traffic all day because that's how it is, right? Um, but everyone has signs, everyone has their cars decorated, everyone's honking, um, everyone's chanting still, or playing music out of their car. Um, I played the, um, the list on Spotify, um, for the Black, Black Lives Matter playlist. I was playing that. Um, and then it suckered me into to actually paying for Spotify because I kept wanting to skip songs and look for songs and stuff, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, it definitely still had that, that vibe, that energy, um, even though you were, you know, in your own car and just basically in traffic the whole time. Um, there would be some people because, you know, you're stopped a lot of the times um, getting out of the car, passengers getting out of the car, and you know, with their sign and chanting and things like that. Um, but yeah, it it still had that um, that energy that I that it would be like in person.
0: Yeah, I I went to one with my sister, uh, and I think it was the same one that you went to. And I have to say, like, I i been I've been to a few protests in my life. And there was something so unique and so uh, special about that kind of protest. And, you know, like you said, you're essentially sitting in traffic, but I've never felt so empowered sitting in traffic and just hearing like this wave, like again, like you, you think of these things, like if I say them to just any normal person without out of context, they're like, what are you talking about? That sounds awful. But like you're sitting in your car and you just hear honking like left and right. Like, in any other situation, you'd be like, this is a nightmare, like, I just want to get home. But in this particular situation, like, I was, like, honking my horn so loud, and just, like, my sister was with me, and we were both just, like, taken aback by all the signs, and all the flags, and all the car decorations, and um, on top of that, people, um, some were standing on, like, the dividers, and were giving out water, or snacks, or hand sanitizers, or masks, so this kind of sense of community and that sort of sense of like making sure everyone was still safe and still being taken care of. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. And, um, I'm glad that people have found a way to adapt and to make this something that is accessible to more people because, you know, at the in-person ones where I was out and about walking with other people, um, I could see like along the sidelines, you could see people that really wanted to be a part of it, but maybe they had their their kids with them or they had uh, elderly people with them and they couldn't afford to go out and bring that back in with them, you know, potentially. So to give, you know, people like that an opportunity to be out there and to support the movement was just really amazing to see. So, you know, I'm glad that you were able to participate in that uh, and be a part of that as well. Um, so to
1: add with that too is i've gone on marches and protests um and like halfway through like my back is killing me like i've been standing i've been walking i have back issues um so like i can't be standing for that long or um if it's hot i have a heart condition i get hot easily i can faint um I, there's just other conditions of in-person protests for me that like I don't get to participate fully or I'm miserable the whole time physically. And just being able to be in my car where I'm not having to stand or walk um, with the AC on um, was is another aspect where like I felt that I almost enjoyed it a little bit more just because physically, like, I felt a lot better. Yes, obviously, I'd rather be surrounded by people, but after an hour or so, I I just want to get out of there because I'm physically not feeling well. Um, so, in that aspect, too, um, I'm glad I was able to experience that because I'm like, wow, like, I could do this all day. Like, we were gone for, like, four or six hours or something ridiculous. I can't remember, but um so yeah just to kind of to um tack on
0: to that yeah that's true that's a very good point um yeah like i said just that ability to make it more accessible and uh even to a certain extent more comfortable you know it's it's definitely um something that made it in a sense easier to do to support um you were you were uh, a little ahead of me in some in some of your responses, which I appreciate. Um, so I'm going to kind of just jump ahead. Um, so you already talked about some of the actions that you're taking uh, to try and improve uh, yourself. Uh, are you taking any actions to try and improve your community as well, or have you seen uh, your neighbors, your community around you, taking more actions to um, you know try and in- improve the neighborhood?
1: Um, Well, I live in Hillcrest, so um, when a lot of, a lot more protests were going on, obviously there was some protests here, Um, and um, so in that aspect, yes, um, I've seen that there are, I actually, during that caravan protest, (laughs) stopped by my apartment to use the restroom, because downfall of a caravan protest, you can't use a bathroom anywhere, Um, so I actually stopped by my apartment and my neighbor was coming by for the same reason. They were basically taking a break. Um, and you know, me and my mom asked, Oh, like, are you coming from the protest? Cause they had like signs and stuff and they're like, yeah, like we just like need to take a break. And I was like, yeah, I got to pee. You know? So, um, so like literally, yeah, my neighbor, yeah, is, um, uh, supporting. There's another neighbor in my complex who has a BLM sign in their window. Um, in terms of like action and not just, you know, going to a protest or whatever. Um, I don't know if I'm really aware of what my community is really doing. I think the emails that I get, you know, from, um, Hillcrest, like business association, Tony Atkins, Todd Gloria, um, Those are typically more geared towards what's going on with COVID-19, which is fine, um, especially being um, LGBTQ community who has been gravely affected by another virus. Um, I think that's a big, um, you know, a a big concern for our community. uh, in terms of my community of like friends and family, uh, I do have a lot of friends and family who are, you know, actively trying to support Black-owned businesses and that kind of thing. Um, but in a grander scheme of things, I I don't I'm I'm just not really aware of what's going on. So
0: yeah. And I mean, that's fair. Uh, There's definitely a lot going on, a lot to pay attention to. So that's what I've been trying to ask each of my guests, too. Um, You know, with so many things that are going on concurrently at the same time, like I said, sometimes it could be a little overwhelming. So uh, without diminishing, you know, the importance of the other uh, causes or issues that have been brought up, has there been one in particular that you've been really trying to fight for, that you've been trying to be more vocal about um, during this, this time of quarantine? Any social issue that has impacted you more that you want to speak out more about?
1: Um, I would say I'm probably the most vocal about the Black Lives Matter movement right now and just racial equity, uh, working in higher education, um, some people may or may not know that like education is like has the biggest disparity of achievement gaps and whatnot so uh working in higher ed we have to we have to do something basically and i i think our college um our president has been good like our convocation like the the address and people speaking you know it's all about um what are we doing for our black students and our students of color? Um, and how can we improve that? And our president has a four, wor- or four letter word of the year in this year's race. Um, so in that aspect, um, I am able to be a little bit more vocal because our college is supportive in that area. I guess you could say. Um, But we're at the very beginning of things too. So like, are we just having all these discussions and nothing's happening or, you know, are we going to have, are we going to change certain policies? Are we going to put certain policies in place? I don't have control over that, but I do have control over, you know, voicing what my students are going through right now and what they need in order to be successful. So, Um, One reason why I want to move up the ladder so that I can make, you know, those policy changes in higher ed. Um, But at the same time, when you're on the front lines with students, you see firsthand what they're going through and what their needs are as well. So it's my responsibility to speak up for my students and let them know or let, you know, our administration know what is needed so that they can actively change policies or add policies or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought of what else I was going to say, but I mean, I think that's pretty big in itself is changing, you know, um, the institutionalized racism within education and higher education specifically.
0: I absolutely agree with you on that about it's, it's, uh, it's a gateway to a lot more important things, right? As a good education. And, um, you know, I was watching a, a show with my uh, siblings earlier today um, where the parent was telling... It was a, a black mom and her daughter. And this, this daughter was, I think, one of four or five kids. And this daughter was the first one that was going to be able to graduate from college. So the mom was telling her, like, like, look, this this education, no one can take that away from you, right? So I think whatever we can do to try and make that education more accessible and more... Um, you know, help, help empower these future leaders, I think is very important to do. So I appreciate the work that you're doing on that front. And um, so I just wanted to let you know that. Uh, I wanted to ask you too, because like I said at the beginning of the show, this is also about talking about self-improvement, self-reflection. So what are some things that you know that you still need to work on personally to become a better ally?
1: I'm trying to figure it out. (laughs) Um, I actually just finished, finally, two books today. I finished How to Be an Anti-Racist by Abram X. Kendi. That's one of the books that I had to read certain passages and pages multiple times to really digest. And then I also finished White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo. Um, And one of the things that I read today from White Fragility is, and this has been mentioned before, but just because it happened today, I'm mentioning it is um, that we're constantly learning and we're constantly trying to be better. So, you know, asking yourself, okay, like, what can I do? Um, What, like, she just blatantly said, like, freaking research, like, read listen, watch, like, you know, do what you need to do to learn more about race and, you know, listen from people of color, listen, um, from white people on how ironically white people will listen to white people more and better. Um, you know, so just having these different voices and, um, hearing what they have to say on how, how we can be better allies. Um, like you, like you just you have to do it yourself and there's no like right or wrong way for people like I said for me I love to read so uh beginning of June I bought like 10 books on race and I'm you know working through those books um I've been trying to listen to some podcasts but like for me it's not the best way to learn for me so that's why again I go back to reading um So I think whatever works for that person, you can watch movies. There are literally lists for anything on how to be a better ally or how to read uh, or not how to read, but how to, um, or how learn more about race, like how you can learn more about race. So if you are just not a reader, you know, there are lists for podcasts, um, you can listen to a book, audiobooks. If you really like movies, you can watch documentaries or even, you know, there's movies that are not documentaries, um, that people can watch and you want to watch the ones that, um, that black people are saying that these, that this is a legit one to watch. Um, you know, there's some where people think that it's a good one and then really it's just, um, enforcing racial stereotypes. Um, I won't Mention and get into that, but um that's you know that's what you can do is you can go online and just literally like google anything um there are discussions that are going on there are free events going on um you know webinars whatever it is i post I post these things on my Facebook for people in case you know anyone wants wants to follow it there's I'll actually do another plug um Black Minds Matter um, is like a course uh, through SDSU and you can watch it was a series um, of webinars over the past five weeks I think Um, it's all recorded you can go to YouTube right now on Quora Learning and watch all five sessions and I have posted that you know for people to watch Um, they are about two hours but Like I say in my posts, um, watch 20 minutes at a time. If you have time to binge watch like me, Law and Order SVU for hours at a time, then you have time to, to watch or read something for 20 or 30 minutes a day. Um, yeah, I would actually really encourage people to do the Black Minds Matter. They had guest speakers such as, um, Michael Brown's father came and spoke Sandra Bland's sister came and spoke um so you know um those that are hosting it you know have been working in race and um study and you know one of them um, from SDSU Dr. Wood um they've been doing this for years and they you know started this Black Minds Matter some time ago I can't remember and this this is the most recent uh series that they've done and um I would just encourage people to to watch and listen. I mean, while you're cooking, while you're taking a shower, um, getting dressed, doing your makeup, you know, cleaning, whatever it is like you can put something on um, to kind of to learn and and go from there.
0: I think you brought up something that's very important. Um, You know, I've been trying to follow more um, Black influencers and black educators and professors on Instagram and on other social media and what and, and it's a shame that they've had to repeat this so many times but uh, they've had to post a few times like you have to do the work <laughs> a, a lot of people are commenting on these profiles and asking all these questions and expecting an answer and you know like I said a lot of these um, women a lot of these men are professors they're like they're being generous enough with their time and with their energy to post certain resources, but the fact that some people want more stuff just spoon-fed to them just directly, um, I'm not even the person in charge of the profile, but I'm even getting upset on on their behalf. Like, like, yeah, like, if you have the time to type this question on their profile, you can type it in Google, can't you? (laughs) So I think um, it's, it's really important to not just, like, follow these people and to uh, subscribe to their things but like to actually listen and to pay attention and to learn um, and just do the work so yeah I'm glad that you brought that up and that's very true um, so at this point do you have any like final thoughts any uh, closing statements that you want to make uh, to kind of wrap things up here um, I don't think
1: so Um, I think just kind of reiterating like what you were just saying, um, you know, like it's, if you feel like exhausted and tired from all this, like just imagine how someone else feels who deals with this crap every day. Um, and I, you know, I have to remind myself of that too, but also, and I'm going to quote, uh, Michelle Obama, cause I started listening to her podcast, um, told me today that, you know, yes, it's exhausting and stuff. So don't feel bad if you do need to take a break in self-care. Um, so I have to remind myself one, like if I'm feeling exhausted and tired, like I wonder how, um, you know, my black colleague is feeling during this time. Um, but two, like, it's also okay to take a step back and, um, take care of yourself so that you can mentally be better once you get back in. Like I finally read a murder mystery, um, because I had been reading books on race since June and I felt bad that I still hadn't finished, you know, some other books, but my friends, um, just, you know, kind of, just like reiterated like, dude, you've been doing this since June, you know, like that's all you've been reading. And I read a lot. So it's like a lot of reading. And they're like, it's okay. Like, you don't need to finish that like right away. Um, and so that made me feel a bit better just hearing it from someone
0: else. Mm-hmm. You, you can't fight the good fight if uh, you're not feeling 100%. So yeah, you do have to take those important necessary breaks to kind of recharge the batteries so that you can jump right back into it. Uh, just as just as strong as ever so uh, very true Pat um, yeah, thank you so much uh, for for your time and for your honesty for your uh, vulnerability there I appreciate it that's unfortunately all the time we have for today thank you again for your time as a reminder this podcast is available on iTunes Stitcher Google Play Music and Spotify just search for Skysoft and you'll find this there Please make sure to subscribe to us on those platforms so you never miss an episode and rate and review us. And of course, for all things Skysoft, including full episodes, cast and show info, and other updates, be sure to check out SkysoftEntertainment.com. Again, that's SkysoftEntertainment.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Daniel Andrade, encouraging you to embrace your curiosity, face your fears, and dig deeper.